HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy. Learn more at diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in the rhythm and blues that sound. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Greg, where are you? I'm in <laughs> La Ciudad de Mexico, of course. Where where else would I be, Souther? Come on, man. Uh, why on earth are you in Mexico? And, and how come you didn't invite us along? Uh, well, so the, the, sh- the short answer is, I don't think both of you could fit in my check luggage. Uh, maybe one, but definitely not both. Uh, I'm here for... Uh, I'm over the weight limit and Damon's too hard to fold. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, I can't, you know, carry on is out because I think you guys are definitely combined over the like two liters or whatever of liquid that you're allowed to drink, to bring on, but, um, I've got more in me than that right now. <laughs> and it's not am on the West coast folks. Um, <laughs> uh, short answer is I'm here for a housewarming party for some friends who moved and have been trying to get something together for a while and finally decided to do a Dia de Muertos thing. Longer answer is this is the uh, last gasp of hot vax summer before I move into get your shit together winter. Um, this is a uh, I, I don't know about I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I went through a period in May and June of this year where I said yes to literally everything. Like, hey, do you want to come to San Francisco? Sure, let me buy a flight. Hey, do you want to go to I don't know Asheville? Sure, let me book a train. Hey, do you want to? Go to Mexico City. Oh my God, flights are super cheap. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, you know, it was a little, it was a little bit of a cabin fever, perhaps a slight overcorrection, but you know, uh, being being safe um, as much as as I can. I'm definitely vaxxed. I'm traveling with people who are all vaxxed, staying with people who are vaxxed, wearing my mask everywhere, even outdoors, and you know, just uh, enjoying access to the world again before we all sort of have to go back into our hovels and hunker down. And in the meantime, drinking a lot of mezcal. And last night, a little bit of haranda that is made with some mushrooms, I believe. I My Spanish is very mediocre, but I believe that is what I was offered a taste of. And you know what? I really liked it. <laughs> you know, well, you're, you're a man of great adventure. That's for sure this past summer. <laughs> Take whole... a leaf out of the Damon Bolte playbook. That's me. There you go. You know, the, the funny thing about this is like, since we've been like virtual with the studio for, you know, almost two years now, on, mm-hmm. honestly, um, I'm kind of like, it, like you just gave me like a weird flashback from like, from Wayne's world when they're like, ah, we're in Delaware. <laughs> like you can, <laughs> you know, like you, you could, you could be in your apartment in Brooklyn and telling us that you're in Mexico city, but uh, you know, I would believe you anyway. Uh, it would be really easy to just <laughs> gaslight all you guys. Like next week, yeah. just be like, so uh, I'm in Singapore. Uh, really? Just, you know, have some have some Foley in the background, like a little bikes uh, bell or whatever. It's like, oh, there's a bike messenger. <laughs> Such a vibrant culture. But but yeah, now uh, I think this is this is the last exciting place I'm going to make everybody on uh, in our virtual studio jealous of for a while because, you know, money and winter and uh, 
possibly like, I don't know, an eighth wave are coming. So time time to hunker down. But uh, so far, <laughs> yeah. no regrets with all of the, the, the craziness that 2021 has brought so far. Well, I'm psyched for you to be doing yeah. some traveling. Uh, I wish I could do some myself. I, I will actually be uh, doing a little gig. Uh, I want to say it's upstate, but it's not really upstate. Um, uh, in Rhinebeck. Damon, do you know where that is? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I've never been. Uh, but Eamon Rocky invited me up there to do an event. Uh, I'm actually going to be there on show day. So I'm probably going to do the show from this little bar called Bia. Uh, and we're going to do mm-hmm. uh, a fun industry-driven event. They're, they're typically closed on Wednesdays. Uh, but we're going to get behind the bar and shake up some drinks and do some damage up there in Rhinebeck. That'll be nice. the first time I've been basically more than three miles from my apartment in, in again, almost two years. Rhinebeck, New York, Mexico City. I mean, you know, tomato, tomato, really. Yeah. <laughs> They, they do the sheep and wolf festival in Rhinebeck. Do you know about that? <laughs> I, I do not. So but it's um, uh, it basically they they it's it's exactly what it sounds like the sheep and wolf festival. So like it's a bunch of hippies who like harvest wool and uh, like make yarn and uh, have like apple cider donuts and and honestly a lot of people who are having uh, you know what what Greg had last night. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, upstate vibes. Uh, upstate. you know, lots of hippies doing hippie shit and uh, celebrating the fall festival. It's pretty cool. Well, I can't wait to get up there just to get out of town for a night. They're gonna put me in an Airbnb or something, and I don't know. We're gonna do some drinking outside the city for once in nice. two years. Speaking of drinking outside the city, let's start talking about drinking inside the city. In the virtual studio with us, they've got Zack Snyder and Matt Friedlander, dear friends of us and the show, and you guys are finally getting your shit together in the Lower East Side. What's going on, guys? We are desperately trying to get our shit together in the Lower East Side. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, So, yeah. So, um, you know, we are opening a a new bar and kitchen in a... For two two weeks, <laughs> um, which which is strange because you know I mean as far as you know the paperwork and the permitting and you know finding a staff that's all sort of taken care of. Um, we just got to finish building it, um, which you know usually comes before or sort of you know consecutively or you know concurrently with this process um but it's it's going to be very very fun the next two weeks um watching to see you know what happens and what perhaps doesn't basically um we're going to tell all the guests on opening day not to touch the walls (laughs) yeah i mean i don't think that's completely out of the norm in this process but Adding uh, a new layer to the whole system, of course, is getting all this done during a pandemic and a supply chain shortage. Yes. I mean, that's got to be big hurdles. Uh, you know, it's been interesting. I, you know, I've been making jokes like I bet Danny Meyer never had to go through any of this shit. Um, but, then, <laughs> but then realizing that Danny Meyer probably has a lot more money than we do. Um, you know, yeah, I guess one of the big challenges has just been um, – you know, getting the materials uh, that we need stuff as simple as plywood, you know, (laughs) and just, and just seeing that there's been a a, a plywood shortage in in the world now um, because of, you know, uh, a lack of uh, employees and a lack of people who can cut down trees and then process them in and then truck them to home Depot. And it's, it's been, it's been interesting. Uh, yeah, we're all seeing supply chain issues with all sorts of things. Greg's down there in Mexico. Uh, I can tell you this, my newest bar, Etheria, uh, uh, is all uh, spirits from Mexico. And, and we're having a tremendous amount of trouble getting our back bar uh, stocked all the time. And it, it comes down to glass. Sure. There's, plenty, there's plenty of juice. They just don't have any bottles to put it in. Yeah, I I mean, I never thought I would say this, but there's a Midori shortage. A <laughs> wait, wait! The one case is almost de- delete depleted. Someone, someone just grabbed it, and you know, and it's 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 absolutely crazy. It, it feels like a gladiator match to get Midori something. You know, again, that I never thought would happen. But for the construction, you know, we've had to be creative. And when we started the project, we looked at how much was left here from the previous tenant and said. What can we reuse? What can be utilized? You know, don't throw anything out. And we've kind of had to be creative 
with the contractor. Yeah, of course. I think that the, you're probably being pushed into a little bit more frugal state than than maybe you would have had this not been the situation. But let's talk a little bit about uh, you two first, your friendship, how long you've known each other and been conspiring to put this project together. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the project oh, itself. Sally, Sally can wait. Sally can wait. Um, so yeah, Zach and I friends for six years? Seven. Seven years. Um, and, uh, you know, we were both working for the same uh, hospitality group in 2015, 2016. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the the place that Zach was running closed uh, an hour or two earlier than the place I was running. So he would often come by uh, after work and we would um, share gripes about, <laughs> you know, what was going on at our respective places of business. Nothing, you know, terrible, just, you know, the normal, typical GM stuff that you bitch about. Um, and at a certain point one night after many, many drinks, which is when all great ideas hatch, we said we should just open our own place. Um, and, uh, at the moment or at that time, all we knew was that we wanted to serve, uh, Miami vice cocktails because Zach makes an incredibly delicious one, um, that incorporates some things in it that you don't normally see in a Miami vice. I'm going to just guess Midori. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh all right, well that secret's out. Um <laughs> actually it's just rum fire with red food color. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. Whatever works. Um and and I knew that uh I wanted us to serve um, Cuban sandwiches at the time when we were sort of conceptualizing this. I held the very unpopular opinion that there was not a decent Cuban sandwich in Manhattan. Um, and I, I seconded it. I'd, I'd tried all of them. Every time someone brought up uh, a certain place that's well known for them in the Soho area, I would go on a three minute at least rant about how that sandwich was terrible and it wasn't constructed right. And Chipotle mayonnaise does not belong on a Cuban sandwich. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. That's um, and that's really what we had. So, um, you know, and of course, we were both working full time as general managers and and getting our butts kicked on the weekly. So there wasn't really a lot of time to conceptualize it. We just sort of kept talking about it whenever we needed something to cheer us up. Um, and it wasn't until 2017 that we actually even came up with the name and we didn't even come up with it. Uh, a friend of ours did. We uh we were at a holiday cocktail lounge. Uh, heard, heard of it? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 again a place where lots of great ideas are had <laughs> and, and forgotten and forgotten. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real think tank. <laughs> and uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm I'm sure you know all of you, but especially maybe Damon might understand my my modus of thinking here. I said we got to think about this the way that you go about naming a band. So I'm going to write down a list of 30 names. You write down a list of 30 names. We get unlimited and unchecked veto power and we'll just go. And we made it through all 60 of the names and we're, we were nowhere, absolutely nowhere. And (laughs) it it being, it being holiday cocktail lounge. And on a, I believe a Monday or a Tuesday, there were, uh, you know, a bunch of our industry pals there and, you know, they were heckling and saying, you know, why don't you call it two overweight Jewish guys and blah, blah, blah. And so, um, uh, um, so eventually we just sort of, uh, you know, threw our hands up and said, listen, this is getting nowhere. It's really, really late. We should get home. Uh, I've got to get home and walk Sally. Uh, it's my dog. And uh, a friend of ours said, oh, Sally can wait. And I sort of laughed and looked at Zach and Zach was like, Oh, that's the fucking name. <laughs> I mean, it how was either that born. or Oyve. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd need to be in Brooklyn, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sally, your little puppy who has her own Instagram, Sally Puppy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- adorable. <laughs> uh, plus, uh, there's a tie here, isn't there? There's some musical influence to this name. So, I mean, so I Sally was named Sally because of the Oasis song, don't look back in anger. Um, and you know, when, when we first sort of, when we first heard this name and, and Zach's eyes lit up and my eyes lit up, I was the one, um, I, I still am the one who kind of second guesses everything and goes, okay, so we'll sell me on it. And, uh, 
Zach came up with a, a great way to describe it about, you know, like Sally can wait and so can everything else. Yeah. I mean, the idea lends itself to escapism and that's really the key to our bar. You know, when people ask what's the theme, we just say it's a bar and it doesn't have a theme. It has a feeling and that feeling should be a place that you can sit in for four five, six hours as time melts away. And so do your problems. Yeah. You know, the, what, I mean, when I'm at a bar for four, five, six hours, my problems don't melt away. They multiply. multiply. I was going to say, like, when, when, I, when I'm with Souther at a bar, oh, God, for that long, I, like, I realized that I have problems that I didn't know that I had before. Okay, I'll rephrase it, too. Uh, you forget your problems. You forget there your problems after, right, after, after right. two to three hours, maybe. Well, no, I mean, like, honestly, I was I did a, a film shoot for – for Harley Davidson a couple months ago and we were out in the desert of Nevada. And what we realized we we're talking about escapism, we're interviewing all these people and we were trying to figure out what, what that idea was, but it ended up being that escapism is more about like extreme involvement. Right. Like, 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 so like, yeah, getting your escapism at a bar, that's one thing, but you're, you're actually, becoming more involved than you're not just like tuning out. You're actually becoming more involved and more in touch with humanity uh, at that time. You know, sure, you're, not, you're not tuning out as much as you're focusing in. Yeah. So like, you know, like in the early days of prime meets, like no one could get <laughs> texts or uh, phone calls because they had no cell phone signal. And I was like, you know, I blamed it on the, the, Oh, these old you know, 19th century ceiling tiles, these 10 ceiling tiles. But in reality, I had a cell phone scrambler. And, and so, like, <laughs> but the thing was, people, people kind of freaked out. They, they, they didn't know how to like, they, they, it was already too, like too far gone. Right. From like, from reality where they needed the security blanket of having their cell phone and a screen. And this was like, you know, over 10 years ago. Yeah. when we did this, but like, they're like, well, what do I do? And I'm like, well, why don't you fucking talk to the person next to you? You're at a bar. Like, <laughs> you could be drinking at home for a lot less money than I'm going to charge you. And we don't even take credit cards. That's how old school it was. Like, you're going to have to walk down the street and get cash. Um, but like, but escapism, you're escaping into a new reality. That's actually an old reality. Right. You're like you're getting more involved with people around you. Yeah, I think there's a comfort in an immersive environment where if done right, that Matt and I can become the hosts of this environment and kind of cradle you when you're here. And that's something we want to afford every guest. It's also, I think, a matter of just, you know, the, the, the team that we put together here, you know, as far as the the front of house team um, wasn't necessarily looking for you know, the best cocktail driven bartenders, you know, in New York. I mean, we, we have a cocktail program that's, you know, that's ample um, and and it's got something for everybody. And they're going to be not the easiest ones to, you know, serve. Um, I mean, obviously, we're doing certain things to, you know, expedite things. But we're really just looking for people who have the personalities that we would want to spend a lot of time with um, because we're, we're going to be spending a lot of time with them. Um for hopefully the next five or 10 years. And the idea of, you know, coming out of, you know, what's been happening with COVID and with restrictions and, uh, you know, just the general feeling of malaise and, you know, despondency, both in this industry and with the people who are, you know, still visiting us in bars and restaurants, we were really just kind of excited to bring something where people can just socialize and talk to each other again. And, you know, and, and, and meet strangers and become friends or, you know, become lovers or, you know, whatever the case may be. Something about just curating an old school bar environment where you walk into a place alone with your phone in your hand and you hopefully leave in a few hours with two or three new friends. That's something that, you know, we we think is really great and was and was the status quo for a really long time. And I haven't really seen that as much lately. And we're hoping to curate that in our own way. 
that yeah, I'm, I mean, it's bathroom selfies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you it can seems still take to... a bathroom selfie without cell phone service. Just, just so you know. Yes. Yeah. Cue <laughs> yeah. exactly. them up and fire them out later. Um, <laughs> so it sounds to me like what you're kind of trying to build is the place that you sat uh, and steamed up this idea together. Maybe there'll be people in, in Sally can wait that are cooking up their own ideas to go on and do things. Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. It's uh, you know, I mean, there's something I think really, really sort of cool and redemptive about the, the way that this came about and the fact that we have been working on it for four or five years. I mean, we were, we were two weeks away from signing a lease at another space in February of 2020. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, it was, it was a bullet dodged uh, in retrospect. Um, but, you know, we've been, we've been sort of developing this idea and this place for so long and, been talking to so many people about it i think it almost became something of a running joke like oh yeah eventually you know zach and matt are going to open sally can wait um you know right around the time that you know justin bieber's running for president uh <laughs> and uh but you know it, there's it, it's a very very exciting time and it's uh it's one that we're really really proud of and we're hopeful that you know the people who we bring on to the team and the people who come to visit us can look around and go wow well if these two fuck ups can pull it off, then really, you know, maybe anything is possible. <laughs> dreams, dreams do come true. Yeah. Uh, well, on that note, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. We're going to come back and keep talking to uh, Matt and Zach about Sally can wait. Gents, the December 1st application deadline is quickly approaching for World Class 2022 season. Uh, you know, I got to do World Class uh, in its first and second seasons here in America, uh, and I think, frankly, it was uh, kind of life-altering for me. In what way? I mean, uh, it's, dude, it's basically you're on stage for the entire world. It is World Class, by the way, uh, and you're being watched every step of the way as you go through this pretty rigorous competition. It's somewhat like... I mean, I'm sure the comparisons are all out there, but it's kind of like the Olympics of bartending. Uh, and, you know, you have to be thoughtful and you have to go through a lot of process to, to make it happen and, and to and to feel good about it. So I feel like it was a training ground for me back then. Yeah, but Southern, you, you, you love the attention. Just don't, <laughs> don't <be laughs> you, know, you know, Damon, you might be right. I think maybe back then I didn't uh, maybe have a lot of attention coming my way. And uh, this was an opportunity to get seen by my peers uh, all over the world. Yeah. And that's fantastic. It's, it's, it kind of reminds me of like when you have a VIP at your bar and you're like, oh, I got to make sure I do all the cool shit right in front of like him or her or this person. And like, it, you know, it's like having an entire bar that's just VIPs. And uh, yeah, it sounds like it was, it sounds like it was really great practice for your uh, burgeoning podcasting career, Southern. Uh, yeah, exactly. Were you just like making uh, tons of like Ramos Gen Fizzes and just like getting the bar top dirty? Like, like what were you, <laughs> what, what were you doing to impress them? Uh, I mean, back then it was, seemed a little bit more simple, but you know, the, the toughest round of the whole thing, I think still to this day, and now as, as public, you can watch, you know, back then it was just, uh, again, as Greg says, just sort of the VIPs in the room. Now as the public, you can watch at, uh, uh Diageo Bar Academy. Um, but the, the, the roughest go, of course, is the speed round where you have to knock out, uh, eight to 10 drinks of varying, um, style and, uh, a technique. Uh, and get them all presented as fast as you can. And uh, that is a, a tornado. I'm sure that Greg uh, is probably uh, your 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 next uh, <laughs> trainee for this, right? Are, are you going to do this, Greg? <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Why not? I, I love I love a good speed round. I love um, try, trying not to make a huge mess, um, especially because you know my my skills uh, home bartending over the past year now. I've gotten a little bit more lax about spilling on the countertop, so I feel like I could use a little, little <laughs> boot camp session to really get my my ass back in gear and get back in the game. Uh, well, there's plenty of resources to get that boot camp on at Diageo Bar Academy. You should visit diageobaracademy.com to explore world-class educational studios and apply to compete in this crazy competition. Uh, it's the biggest one in the industry, and applications are open to all hospitality professionals. Of course, got to be 21 or over. Uh, you can check that out at diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. In the studio today, we have Zach and Matt from Sally Can Wait. So, you know, okay, you talked a little bit about this before 
uh, where the name came from and you were sitting at holiday cocktail lounge and the name harkens back to an oasis song and yeah. that song is definitely a late night bar sing-along type song <laughs> and yes holiday cocktail lounge is known for that right um right several pop-ups it tells the cocktail um what's that what's, what was the bar called um that uh they did the pop-ups at uh it's not like gonna a, pull it's, it it's a block down from uh aaron rose there's a, yeah. a brilliant idea because like there were uh there was all this you know kind of hoopla about like non-sanctioned tales of the cocktails events and uh the neff brothers just decided to invite everyone to this dive bar and uh they just loaded the jukebox with a bunch of money and you could pick out the songs and they're like we're just gonna hang out and do sing-alongs here uh, right. It was brilliant. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering if there's any of that kind of vibe that, uh, you know, in the place of origin where the kind of like story begins at Holiday Cocktail Lounge. Are you going to have any of that kind of vibe? Is it, I, like, I've got several questions, but I kind of want to start there. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that uh, about a week ago, Matt and I sat in our office downstairs and spent about six and a half hours categorizing playlists for different vibes from a playlist that we've been curating for about three and a half years. There you go. Nice. That's, yeah. that's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> there's uh there's, um, you know, we, uh, we, we'd had sort of a, a rough day on the uh, renovation construction front and sort of my task list was, was done. And I just wanted to do one thing that I, I guess would be, productive and also feel good. And we had, you know, over a thousand songs on this massive playlist that we'd been again, like adding things to um, some of which we didn't remember adding them to, I, you know, <laughs> look and go, why did I put this song on here? And then it was like, Oh, right. I think this is a really good song for brunch. Uh, <laughs> this is just a really, really classic brunch song. It doesn't belong anywhere else in this, in, in Sally can wait. Um, but you know, we, uh, we put together, uh, four different playlists. Um, the, uh, Sally can wait busy one is the one that I, I think you're probably referring to. Um, and that's got, you know, a lot of crowd pleasers and, you know, songs that elicit sing-alongs and just, uh, again, sort of curating for that, hopefully, you know, 10 PM to 2 AM vibe where everyone is, you know, feeling the revelry and kind of in a great mood and, uh, and feels like opening their lungs up a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, the music is, I think a really large component of, of why, uh, you know, why we're doing this and, and, and what sort of is going to convey that vibe and that feeling that Zach was speaking to earlier. Um, I've always joked that the only reason I want to own my own bar is so I can be in charge of the playlist. Like that's really, you know, 80% of the reason why I'm doing this Um, just to never have to hear a song that I don't like ever again. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I mean, that's, that's gotta be important to you. You're also a, a known musician yourself. Sure. Sure. And you know, I mean, we, we, we are coming from a, a company recently or, you know, where the playlists were were very short and and very repetitive and definitely curated a right. vibe that the owners were were going for, but you know you can only listen to so much Serge Gainsbourg before you're like I'm going to I'm going to disembowel myself and, and that sucks because like <laughs> Serge Gainsbourg is an amazing musician and artist. I I, right? I used to love him. Yeah, I used and, to and love it him. Gets ruined for you. Yeah, I, I, I deal with that a lot, especially when uh, he's paired with Brigitte Bardot. Yeah, and you really, and yeah. it's like audio porn. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it, it, absolutely what it is. It, they, they were yeah. like recording them having sex in the studio, basically. But you know, pretty like, much. Yeah, but like, um, but doesn't it suck when like it gets ruined for you because you hear it so often? And you're just like, God damn it! And then it, like starts start having like these these memories attached to this song where you're like, Oh, I'm in the weeds and I can't get over to the stereo and skip the song. It was very funny because when Matt and I were reorganizing the playlist and finding stuff, he'd look at me and go, Oh, you were at home. You just got off of work and we're stoned. You <laughs> added like 36 songs with no lyrics. <laughs> or, you know, nice. um, the, the other one that was interesting and it speaks to like the escapist vibe. We both really love the song by the cure called burn. 
<laughs> and it's a great song, but we're listening to it and we're like, everybody is going to leave here depressed. <laughs> just yeah. like, where does this fit in? Like this, this, it just, it just doesn't work. Man, um, we, we used to uh, it, like <laughs> at last call, we were trying to figure out how to get people to fuck out. Um, like, you know, there was always like one couple who's camping out and they're on a date. You could tell it was like an early on in their relationship date. And, uh, th- you know, they're, they're just totally in their own world. And like, that's cool. It's cute, whatever. But then also at the same time, they're being kind of defiant about like the fact that the lights are up and the <laughs> chairs are on the top of the tables. And like, they just, they kind of just don't give a fuck. And they're, you know, they're kind of messing with you. So we'd always yeah. put on Tom Waits and like, yep. <laughs> and Tom Waits will like run most people out of the bar. They're like, Oh, this is fucking creepy and weird. And like, <laughs> yep. uh, but then sometimes it backfires because then you have that like, Two percent of people are like, "Oh hell yeah, you're playing Tom Waits, and it's really late, and I'm fucked up, and like, I'm yeah, gonna stay here forever." Yeah. Well, but, I go with the Jimmy Kearns approach, which is to put on movie soundtracks because you can't really make out to the Imperial March. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, my, uh, you know, I know this question comes up a lot among bartenders. Like, what is what's the sound that you play at the end to get people out? Uh, I mean, I learned this uh, over twenty years ago closer to 30 when I was in Chicago, uh, the best thing to do is turn up the lights and play the national anthem. Everybody has to get on their feet (laughs) Uh, while while you're on your feet, get walking. Um, (laughs) That's amazing. Everybody's gone before the song's over. Right. Right. There's a, I'm trying to think of a bar or a restaurant I've worked in, in the last 15 or 20 years that doesn't have a, strawberry number 23 on their playlist like that's just <laughs> one of those that mm-hmm. everywhere i've worked um it's you know it's on the playlist and it was one thing the one thing that was like we cannot have that song on because it's oh, just going to trigger everywhere else that i've ever worked in my entire career <laughs> yeah kind of back to what damon was saying i know that feeling of being kind of in the weeds and then a song comes on that you don't like and you can't you're in the weeds so you can't take that moment to go change it but right. i also know the feeling of being anywhere in life out and about in a car or whatever and hearing a song that rem- reminds me of being in the weeds yep right you, you suddenly <laughs> yes. go right back to that spot you know Man, uh, you, you know we've done it in grand army we uh <laughs> we actually uh I think anyone that's been in Grand Army knows that I'm I'm like uh, kind of a big fan of Celine Dion, and <laughs> so we'll, yeah, it's like it's a it will we'll play uh, uh, it's all coming back to me now, which is actually it's it's actually the Canadian uh, national anthem, I believe. Um, but wow. but it's like it one of those things version, but yeah. where it's like everyone it's in a very like kind of like sing along style everyone like gets into it and then it's like done because where the fuck are you going to go from there like yeah. you can't play anything else at the end of the night it's like alright I, I guess we're done like they, they, there's like once you've smoked weed with William Nelson like you, you kind of don't like you don't smoke weed anymore you're like I'm never going to get higher than that you know like, right. like once you've sung along with Celine Dion there's nowhere to go from there uh, yeah, clinicaled. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking. We're talking plenty about the music. We've talked a little bit about the Miami Vice. Well, talk to me about some of the offerings that you're going to have at Sally Can Wait, and also let's talk about the important thing. I know things are behind schedule a little bit, but when the hell are you opening? Okay. Um, well, let's talk about the food and drink options and <laughs> offerings first, because that we know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So you know, basically. Um, you know, we're opening again a cocktail bar. Uh, we're going to be serving elevated comfort food that is flecked with uh, some Jewish and Latin accents throughout. Um, you know, the signature sort of menu item is going to be the Cuban sandwich, but we're going to throw a little bit of a pastrami spice into the uh, lechon component, the roast pork component of that. And some Madurai. Uh, uh, doing a. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, doing a Reuben sandwich, but with grilled mahi-mahi instead of corned beef. Oh, man. Um, you know, there's going to be uh, chicharron, sort of like little uh, pork skin uh, that's crisped up to order. Um, some really, really interesting food items that we think are really accessible and a lot of things that people can share, but also sort of speaks to the, the neighborhood that we're in, the Lower East Side, with the history of, you know, the waves of immigration that came in here through the late 1800s and early 1900s. Um, we're, we're also doing things like, um, soy garlic chicken wings, 
or a dry version, which is uh, schmaltz covered wings with everything bagel seasoning. Oh, hell yeah. Um, you know, we're going to have um, bacalaitos, but in a Nashville hot chicken style. And uh, a chicken, um, what's it called? A chicken liver mousse sandwich. Some stuff that really harkens back for us. And then, you know, Chop the liver. hot dog. And the what hot dog? An all-winning hot dog, because, you know, kosher. Just because. Because why not? <laughs> Let's just put a hot dog on the menu. Uh, damn, hot yeah. dogs and cocktails? I don't know if that's going to work, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and no, I, we're, we're, we're trying to think of someone else that's done that in the past. And yeah, no one's going to buy fried chicken in a bucket. That's just not happening. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and then the bigger question that I asked, of course, when can, can we start to hope to come and sit at Sally Can Wait? Uh, so our plan is to be open in two weeks from today. So November 17th, um, we are going to likely do sort of a soft opening, uh, a few days before we're still working out the exact details of when that'll be. Um, but the plan right now is to be open to the general public, uh, on November 17th, 2021. Located. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's- <laughs> <laughs> Still working that out. November 17th, put on your calendar location yeah, exactly. TBD. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you where it is once we finish it. Uh, so we're at a 252 Broom Street uh, on the Lower East Side between Ludlow and Orchard, uh, one block south of Delancey. I mean, a great location. Lots of foot traffic down there. The space, yeah. I, got, I got a chance to see it when you were still just cracking into it. I'm sure it's come a long way since then. Um, I'm pretty excited for you guys. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And, and, you know, again, like, again, bringing things that I think are really great for this neighborhood in the cocktail program as well. You know, there's a lot of nightlife, um, as you mentioned, on our block and and, and in this particular part of, of the Lower East Side. And while we are south of Delancey, so I don't think we're technically in the Hell Square area, as it's referred to by some. Um but just like a lot of different options down here. And we're sort of, I think, taking a very whimsical and fun approach to our cocktail program, um, just in terms of the presentation and the ingredients that we're using. Um, it's something that we're, we're very excited about. Um, the, the Frozen program will run year round. We'll probably add uh, another offering to it uh, during the spring and summer months because, you know, of just the volume that we plan. But there will always be a Miami Vice available in the dead of winter at Sally. <laughs> should, Perfect. Should you want to have a little bit of a transportative experience? Yeah, you, you bring up opening date that if I have to serve you a Miami Vice out of the trunk of my car on the 17th, <laughs> it's happening. Copy that. It's a hard open. We're definitely doing it. Um, you keep referring to Miami. Uh, where does that all tie into the Sally Can Wait? We were, you know, initially struggling with the concept, even after we'd come up with the name, you know, with people, particularly with investors that we were talking to asking us, well, what's the concept? And the answer just kept, you know, coming up, well, you know, Zach and Matt open a bar and we serve food and we're going to have this and we're going to have this. Um, it, it came, you know, when we were writing down the key word that keep, kept coming to us was nostalgia. It's in all of our early notes even in our early brand decks. And when we really sat down and talked about it, the one thing that came clear was it's not about nostalgia. It's about the things that brought us to food and beverage in the first place. And that's our histories, our pasts and our families and the places we grew up. Um, it's, you know, and I, I grew up in Miami. Um, I, I left as soon as I possibly could because while I do love the food and uh, the beaches and, uh, you know, and the people down there, the, the nightlife that, you know, I was around when I was a late teenager was was very out of my depth or I was very out of my depth. Um, but, you know, as I've lived in New York and when I do go back to Miami, there's something that's really, really charming and wonderful about this. Again, an incredibly immersive sort of nightlife where there are, you know, salsa clubs and, you know, rum bars as far as the eye can see. And then over the course of, I think, the last 10 to 15 years with, you know, places opening up in the Wynwood area and, you know, 
Cafe La Trova and Sweet Liberty, yeah. like all these bars are doing just incredible things down there and really turning Miami into, you know, more than just a nightlife destination, but something that was really taken seriously in the food and beverage world. Um, and, and for good reason, just everything they're doing down there has really great integrity and really great execution. Mm -hmm. Um, and so taking snippets of sort of that Miami vibe and combining it with, uh, you know, sort of pre-prohibition Lower East Side stuff, um, and finding sort of this weird, very interesting hybrid, uh, in terms of the design and the food and Bev offerings. And just the, again, like the sort of the culture and the vibe that we're trying to curate, it's been very interesting to sort of try to work within those margins and see how creative we can get within them. I mean, it sounds super exciting, and uh, you know, we've all waited. A friend, we're all friends here. We've all known that you've been cooking this idea for a long time. We're super anticipatory of it getting open. I definitely want to be there and be a supporter. Um, do we? Do we get? To, is there going to be like a vote on your Instagram? Of who gets to be Crockett? Who gets to be Tubbs in this situation? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the deep cuts. Yeah, deep cuts. yeah. I, I think. Um... God, I think Zach's got to be Crockett. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. I had to find myself a palm tree, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, my hometown of Panama City Beach is where um, Don Johnson's uh, house is. I just just throwing that out there. Um, we're, listen- we're dying. We're dying for them to show up at some point. You know, once they show up, we're, that's we're not necessarily a big fan of putting ourselves at the forefront of you know the the brand of this, so to speak. You know, I think it's really you know we're focusing on you know on you know the team really being you know sort of the face of the operation, and and Sally will you know obviously be scurrying around from time to time. Um, but if you know if Crockett and Tubbs show up at our bar, we're getting a photo with them and we'll yeah. put it right next to the uh, cease and desist letter. I hope to get from Noel Gallagher sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, well, do you guys already have um, some sort of uh, Instagram or, or whatnot you want to pimp out real quick? Yeah, we do. Uh, so our Instagram is uh, Sally can wait NYC. Um, it's it's also the hand, uh, handle, I believe for the Facebook and the, and the mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, and soon to be TikTok. Yeah, we're, we have to. We we've spoken with uh, with I guess sort of our target demographic, and they've brought up TikTok, which I do not understand. Uh, I'm 40 years old, and you know, it's just not something that I that I can wrap my head around. But apparently, this is a thing. It's, um, a thing. it's so like it's th- like Vine, but more complicated. Like just remember, yeah, remember and- Vine. It's like that, but harder. It took me three years to get like really comfortable with Vine. And at that point, no one was using it anymore. So uh, (laughs) I I basically downloaded TikTok, opened it up, panicked, called Matt and said, we need to hire a social media manager. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I feel pretty much the same. And she is fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Well, no longer do we have to wait for Sally Can Wait. Uh, Two weeks, uh, we're all going to be there drinking Miami Vices in our pastel colored light linen jackets shoved up past our elbows. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's the look. That's the vibe. Uh, and I, I mean, I couldn't be more excited for you guys, especially you, Matt, you've been a friend of mine for a long time and you've been talking about this project uh, for far too long. I'm really happy that it's finally coming to fruition and we're going to get to see, we're going to really get to see what you can do out there. No one happier than us. Trust me. <laughs> or, or, you know, or, or, or maybe, you know, our, our, our parents. <laughs> so they're, they're so proud. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you know, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, this actually, um, yeah, I think, you know, just given again, you know, the time that we spent, you know, working on it and refining the concept and God knows how many, you know, hurdles and setbacks and okay, we're back to square one conversations that we've had over the past uh, four years, but particularly in the past, I'd say, you know, year and a half, two years, um, you know, this is, it's been a really, really rough time, I think for this industry with COVID. Um, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. And mm-hmm. we're sort of, you know, coming at this as hopefully, you know, ideally being part of the light that's at the end of the tunnel. Um, and just really excited to, to share that with, with the neighborhood and with, uh, you know, New York at large and, and hopefully the world. I know that, Zach is definitely planning on doing uh, 
some pop-ups around the country once we uh once we get our legs under us um which we're excited about as well yeah hell yeah well thanks so much for spending some time with us today i know you're probably pretty busy getting the final details in order for us uh, an opening in just two weeks yeah. again again i will absolutely be there maybe greg will join me he's in new york damon you're a little far away but if you want to fly in let's go to let's go to sally can wait i am really looking forward to it i actually just texted you guys a picture of uh, me with sally and it bundled <laughs> up in my jacket uh, i think i think this picture is from basic um, oh, wow. uh, adorable. Yeah. It is from, ba- it is from basic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I can't wait to see you guys. Can't wait to see your bar. Can't wait to see Sally. Um, but you know, like I, I want to say something real quick about this. I love that. You know, it's, it's kind of a funny situation that we've, we've found ourselves in, you know, like with like COVID and like, not, but not even like with COVID. Like the fact that we all have worked at like cocktail bars, and we've we've been doing that for so long, and we, we've kind of pushed that so far out there into the public eye, right? Right. But then enough to where we can actually take a step back and just open up a fucking bar, you know? Like that. That's really important. I, I always say that you know, like calling it a cocktail bar is like calling it a a food restaurant. Like, 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 why do you have to describe it in that way? Like, oh, it's a cocktail bar. You can go to this bar and get like cocktails. You should be able to get cocktails at any fucking bar. So it's interesting to be in this time, having worked at these spots and kind of moved the needle so much to where you can just open up a fucking bar with Miami Vices with Midori in them. And, you know, it's gonna be the best, <laughs> but it's gonna be the best fucking version of that that you can possibly get. You know, and and we've taken ourselves very seriously to the point where like the general consumer has like taken note of that. And we've, we're at that point. I mean, doesn't it feel cool to like, to be there? I, you know, I, I talk about this a lot with, uh, with, with people, you know, at, at, at 2A, which is, you know, like a really cool rock and roll bar on the corner of second and a in the East village. I mean, they have a cocktail program now. And, you know, when I first started going there back in, you know, the early 2000s, it was beer and shots and one-on-ones and that's it. And to be able to walk into 2A right now and get a properly made old-fashioned or a Moscow mule um, says something, I think, about where, you know, this industry has has gone over, you know, the past 20 years or so. Um, And I think it's kind of cool because now, you know... the public expects when they walk into a place to be able to get a, a decent cocktail. And it puts a lot of the bartending community all on equal footing because now everyone has done the work. They've read the right books. They've trained with the right people. They've practiced, they've, you know, refined their palates. They've done all the research and development to, you know, create these incredibly, you know, intricate and esoteric cocktails. And I think now because everyone's there it's going to revert back to why did people want to go to bars in the first place? And that was just to have a great time and to be treated really well. Um, and, and I'm, you know, another big reason why, you know, we, we elected to work with, with these bartenders and these servers and these barbacks was, you know, the personalities behind them and how they, how they, we hope are going to make our guests feel when they come in. You know, at this point, yeah, you can get a really great cocktail in most places in New York City. So the idea of, you know, curating an experience that's going to make people want to come back for something other than the drinks is, I think, what's, you know, of paramount importance to us and to the team. I've been saying for a very long time that I never, ever, ever imagine us winning a a spirited award and taking a plate home from Tails. But if we take home best bar team, that to me will show that we've done right by what we wanted to do. Yeah. I, and I, I think also, you know, when we talk about the the knowledge and the tools and the, the techniques that we've all curated as bartenders, why did we do it? And Matt and I have always said we wanted to do that to provide the best hospitality for our guests, that the cocktails we're making are not about coming up with the most esoteric drink or to impress some judge, but to make a guest feel like they're unique and they're special. And, and that hospitable moment where you get the drink that you wanted in the most perfect way 
is really what we're trying to do. And that's what's going to make Sally Can Wait the greatest bar on earth. Worth wait, <laughs> worth, it's it's, it's going like, to make no, Sally Can Wait worth waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, guys. That was amazing. Um, this has been so much fun catching up with you. I uh, miss you guys. I can't wait for Sally Can Wait to be open. Uh, they just, I, I can, I can already tell it's going to be one of the best bars in the world. So, um, and, and no, I mean, like, I'm serious, you know, you guys fucking, you kick ass, you know, like <laughs> a, lot, a lot of heart, a lot of heart. Yeah. A lot of heart, man. So like, yeah, I, I can't wait. So, uh, I just want to say thanks again for being on the show today and talking to us about it. And, well, thank uh, you so much for having yeah, us. Thank you. Yeah. And congratulations guys. Thank you. It's uh it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun and hectic two weeks, but um, we're just really looking forward to, to opening the doors on the 17th. Hell yeah. Well, cool. I miss bar backing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like whenever, yeah, you know, when you're on your 37th street night in a row uh, behind the bar, <laughs> give me a call. I can, I can like talk you through it. <laughs> yeah, the, the one thing, the one thing everyone's been saying over the last couple of years, all of our friends, like, you know, anything we can do to help you out, just let us know. And it's like, don't worry. Those phone calls and text messages, they're a coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally, man. Well, awesome guys. Really appreciate you cutting out some time to, uh, to hang out with us on the show today and uh, all the best with Sally can wait. Uh, I'm going to send you guys this picture of me with Sally um we'll we'll post it on our our instagram and stuff so that's it for the speakeasy this week check out heritage radio network for many more programs like this one click on the beating heart to donate to the station keep us going check out sally can wait until next time cheers y'all cheers so you don't shun the devil with your speakeasy is powered by simplecast thanks for listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long subscribe to our newsletter Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, Join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>